Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. For people who live downstate, think about the, the forest that surrounds you. It's a lot of oak. It's a lot of hickory trees. As you get past mid-Michigan and all that farmland, it's definitely denser, right? And, and you're being surrounded by things like hemlock trees. On into the Upper Peninsula, uh, you get more of these peat forests, more of spruce and fir trees. Well, what might the forest look like in the future? What they're projecting is those northern kind of evergreen species will struggle to thrive. The future of Michigan's forests is on the line, thanks to climate change. The Great Lakes region is warming faster than the rest of the country, and that's a big deal for the entire globe. The peat forests, common in the UP, make up just 3% of the world's forest land, but store 30% of its carbon in soil. And that helps clean the air and reduce the effects of climate change. They store five times as much carbon than the Amazon rainforest. I'm Carrie Jr. II, and on this episode of On the Line, we get with Free Press reporter on the environment, Keith Matheny. We learn just what warming temperatures mean for Michigan forests and what scientists are doing in hopes they may even slightly stem the tide. There's a lot of save the rainforest movements. You don't hear a lot of save the peat forests of the UP and Canada. Maybe that should be a, a new mantra. So Keith, tell us about Michigan forests. What make them unique? Well, uh, Michigan is actually a very exceptional uh, place for forests because, uh, first of all, we have a lot of them, as, as probably anyone who's traversed the state knows. Uh, we have uh, something like 20 million acres of forest, and it, we're kind of a special zone because it's the convergence point of about three, four different forest types. There's even a little bit of like prairie grassland from the plain states that that sticks its finger in. So it's really a, a unique mix. Yeah, it sounds like we have a pretty diverse uh, greenery, but what is the benefit of having so many different species of, of forests in Michigan? Well, I mean, w one of the things that's allowed is a, a pretty thriving timber economy. We have something like a $20 billion economic impact uh, from the timber industry. And of course, the, the northern woods of northern lower Michigan and the UP um, are, are essential to things like tourism, hunting, fishing. And, and then, of course, the, you know, when you have diverse forests, you have diverse habitat for animals, birds, insects. They, they serve really important roles uh, in, in watersheds, kind of filtering uh, the water and uh, things like that. 
And so, you know, in your reporting, you've been talking about how the environments, the trees, the forests are um, in danger from climate change. Can you talk a little bit about, a little bit about that, um, what, what the danger is and what these, what the greenery might look like in the future? So because we're kind of a border area for a lot of different forest types, that means we're reaching like the limits of their range. You have these colder weather species uh, that, that probably can't tolerate warmer temperatures. Well, it's been warming in the Great Lakes region. Um, it's been warming faster than the rest of the continental U.S. throughout the 20th century and on into this one. So, and, and of course, it's projected uh, to even more dramatically increase in the decades to come. That's going to have a, a pretty significant impact. It could be pretty disruptive. When you say that, I have this figurative line in my head that goes right across Michigan. And let's say for this example, there's two species that meet at that line, one to the north, one to the south. Because of the warming climate, will the southern species start to grow further north and then that line starts to shift up? Like, how will the trees start to shift, according to scientists? Well, well, you know, it's, it's, that's generally going to happen. And, and what scientists are telling me is that uh, the, the colder weather trees, that's probably where um, the, the more serious impacts could happen. And I know you've reported on a study connected to that. There's a fellow by the name of Peter Reich, who's a forestry ecologist, uh, who is the director of the University of Michigan's Institute for Global Change Biology. He just published a study where they took a really long view. They work at this place in kind of the northernmost part of Minnesota that's part of the boreal forest, this colder weather northern forest. And they planted seedlings, you know, tiny little trees of the boreal species, and then kind of some of the mixed species that are more to the south. So what they did was uh, use, you know, things like heating blankets and, uh, you know, underground wires where they could mimic how they expect the, the temperature to rise in a climate change scenario. And they would also do things like um, put tarps down to capture some of the rainfall to, to mimic more drought, drier conditions in the summer. And um, what they found even surprised them that, that some of these, you know, fir and spruce species in particular had something like 30, 40 percent uh, die off rates uh, when, when you even on the more modest temperature modifications, they were expecting maybe five to 10 percent. Are the southern trees expected to fill that gap? Well, what it will probably be before it's the southern tree species will be things like invasive bushes and weeds, right? I want to go back and just clarify something in the study you mentioned. So the scientists, it sounds like they tested and compared species of trees, but they did them in two temperature groups. And one temperature group was supposed to replicate what it would be like if we were to completely reduce all of our pollution. And then the other group was if we just kept doing what we've been doing. Correct. Okay. So the one scenario they looked at is if we made a diligent effort to reduce greenhouse gas emissions the other one is if it was closer to business as usual. After the break, we discuss how soon our forests will change and how it may affect our day-to-day -day life in Michigan.
Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back talking with Free Press reporter on the environment, Keith Matheny, about climate change's impact on Michigan's forests. How long until we'll start to see the impacts of that temperature change and start to see these trees die off? Well, we're seeing some of it now. And and one of the ways it's manifesting is you have a lot of stresses already out in the forests, and this sort of exacerbates them. I can give you some examples. Um, they're, they're, They're having a big problem with beech bark disease now. There's a tiny little insect called a scale and it makes little holes in beech trees through the bark. And that hole enables a certain type of fungus to get into the trees. And then over time, it just sort of hollows the tree out and then it snaps in a wind. Um, there's emerald ash borer. There's something called hemlock woolly adelgid. That's another tiny insect. Well, okay, all of those things exist without climate change. But what climate change does is makes our winters generally milder. And warmer weather means more bugs because fewer are killed in the cold. Yeah, so so um, another interesting thought uh, aspect I thought is one of the big problems with re- forest regeneration up north is deer browse. It's deer eating the little trees. Um, well, there's, there's a lot of scientific speculation that... Uh, Warmer, milder winters will mean more deer survive, more deer breed, meaning more deer eat little trees. That's an interesting kind of kind of side story here. Um, what else do we have going on? Well, we have diseases among the deer in Michigan. And then another storyline that converges here is uh, the older generation of hunters, those traditional hunters are kind of aging out. And the younger generation isn't as interested in hunting. Can you just explain to us exactly why should people in Michigan, Michiganders, care about the environment? We talked about the economic element. And also I want to get this from the perspective of people who actually live out in those spaces, like people who actually, that is their backyard. Can we talk about what it means for us to have this change? Sure. Well, as I, as I mentioned, you know, it's, it's a big, important part of our economy. But beyond the timber industry, we're one of the biggest apple producers in the United States. We're one of the biggest cherry producers. And what's been happening in recent years is we have these earlier spring warm-ups and they start to blossom. Well, then we'll have a traditional cold snap and it kills those blossoms. And the blossom can only grow once per season. And then beyond the, that, I would say if we love what we have, uh, if we want to preserve that habitat for, for birds and animals and what have you, it's important to pay attention to it and figure out what we can do about it. And so look, can we talk a little bit about the impacts we have on climate change? Um, can you just expand a little bit about that, what we're doing to exacerbate that problem? Well, I mean, it, it's pretty pretty much a scientific consensus that it's being driven by greenhouse gas emissions, fossil fuel burning from industry, from automobiles. 
things like that. If we did everything recommended to dramatically curve our greenhouse gas emissions, we're still going to have a warming climate going through the rest of this century. If we don't do those things, and newsflash, we're not doing them even close to the pace we need to yet, um, it's going to be much more significant in terms of an increase in projected temperatures, several degrees Fahrenheit. And and the science that uh, Peter Reich just you know published demonstrates that. One one of the interesting things I learned working on this is there's a uh, a kind of forest that's called like a it's 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 a peat forest. So it's sort of a marshy fen. Uh, they're really prevalent in the Upper Peninsula and on into Canada. And one of the things it does is sequester carbon. So the carbon from our atmosphere gets sucked in by the plants and it's preserved in their leaves and their wood and in their root systems. So we might run into a situation where as these trees die off, it's sort of multiplying the climate change that's driving the tree die off because instead of being stored, that carbon will now be released into the atmosphere and it's just sort of multiplies the problem. It's a negative feedback loop. Wow. Can you speak a little bit about what scientists are doing to try and keep forestry alive in Michigan? Yeah. So so um, there's a lot of puzzlement over to what extent do we try to preserve what is there and to what extent do we attempt to prepare for the kinds of tree species that will do better in a warmer climate. Over half of the forest land in Michigan, those 20 million acres, uh, is privately owned. So in a lot of cases, it's going to be individuals doing their thing on their land that sort of forms the mosaic of how the forest responds to what's coming. And, uh, you know, there are there are scientists that are doing sort of big uh, community science experiments in northern lower Michigan where they're taking tree species that work well in southern Michigan and they're saying, well, let's plant some of those up here and let's just observe how they do as, as the climate warms, you know, in the decades to come. Certainly in some areas, there's going to be a hope to preserve things like spruce and fir trees. Um, but, but there will be some sort of an effort to kind of fight off those invasive shrubs and things and, and plant a diverse forest to be prepared for what's coming. You know, Michigan is often seen as this place where, you know, years from now, decades from now, as climate change effects uh, become more present and grow, it's a place where it can be like kind of a safe space in the world where people can come because of your research in in our forests. Is that still true? Well, I think uh, there's certainly been uh, some projection that um, as things get really dire in places like the desert Southwest, uh, you know, where, where temperatures might get almost intolerably hot, uh, that, that the Great Lakes region, you know, these northern climes will be less so. So it will be a desirable area. But, but I guess the, then you think, how long will that last? A generation? A couple of generations? One of the things scientists told me as I worked on this story is, you know, as we Think about, you know, where can we preserve the trees that are there now as the climate continues to warm? Where can we introduce, you know, species from the south that will do better as the climate warms? Those are all just kind of band-aids, right? 
unless you solve the fundamental core problem of why the planet is warming. Hmm. And so what can people do? In some ways, it's a teaspoon versus the ocean. But but I think as an ethos, we sort of have to take responsibility for, you know, how much am I personally contributing to a carbon footprint? And, uh, and you know, as a, as a matter of policy, support policies that are working on this problem. Um, maybe more directly to the forest, the Michigan DNR uh, does these 10-year forest management plans. Um, and 2023 is when they're going to be looking to update them for different regions throughout Michigan. I think in some ways there maybe needs to be some um, pushing that this has to be something that is part of their implementation of practices to begin to prepare for this. Well, Keith Matheny, thank you very much for taking the time this morning and talking to us about climate change, about our forests and and what we can do about them. And I learned a lot today. This is actually really fascinating. I I enjoy going out into the the nature every now and then when I can. And um, it's good to know. So appreciate you. Thanks very much. Additionally, we'd like to thank Free Press video producer Brian Kaufman, who supplied some of those delightful sounds of the Michigan woods. This episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran. Anjanette Delgado and Marian Struman are our executive producers, and Peter Batia is our editor. The music for the show is called Fort Tremble and was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thank you for listening, and if you like the show, please like it and subscribe, share it with your friends and family, and uh, come back next week. All right, see you then.